It's 22 minutes before the hour five, and in case you've just tuned in, yes, it is Radio Veritas 576AM. It's that station that gives you the good news and the good music for a change. And today is a Spirit Wednesday here at Radio Veritas. I'm joined in studio by Father Joseph Wilson. And before the break, he was just telling us about how sometimes we often go to consult. And uh, sometimes uh, we walk out of those consultations, be they Baporofita, be they uh, Sangomas, be they Diviners, or whatever. Even these fortune tellers, it doesn't matter what color they are, but whoever you're going to consult in that spirit world, by doing that, you're actually opening a window in your life that invites evil. And yes, you may walk away and say um, things did happen or didn't happen. But guess what? Um, You are walking away with heaven said, the devil, you are now in my life. You're part of my life. And it doesn't only affect you, as Father Joseph was saying to us, but it also affects the fruit of your womb. It affects generations to come. Now, Father Joseph, when we read scripture, one gets a sense that deliverance seems to be that uh, being rescued from bondage or danger or uh, something like, uh, it's like we are being rescued. Now, at what point? Because there are some people, you were talking about people who know, who directly know that, um, like I'm talking about my my brother who's got that stealing uh, habit, that mm-hmm. spirit of stealing, or my sister who is uh, the village bicycle. Now, uh, they she, she might not know that uh, she's got the spirit, but... Um, there are people who know that they need deliverance. Then there are people who do not know that they need deliverance. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with those people that uh, know that they need deliverance. Yeah. These will be people who have reflected about, about their lives and um, they've tried everything. And people will come to priests and, uh, after some time and say, Father, I, I... And this is very, very interesting from Catholics and I hear it so often. They come and they say, Father, I know we shouldn't believe in cursing, but I feel blocked. And my first question is, who told you you shouldn't believe in cursing? And then I ask them, well, what does Jesus say? Does Jesus believe in cursing? Does Paul and Peter believe in cursing? Yes. Um, Because they, 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 they have this association between cursing and superstition that they think. So when they come to a priest, they preface their remarks by saying, I know we shouldn't believe. And I disabuse them of that that belief by saying, well, look at the scripture. The scripture says, Luke 6.27, Jesus believes in cursing. Um, uh, Romans 12 verse 14, St. Paul believes in cursing. First Corinthians chapter four, uh, we are cursed and abused, and we answer with a blessing. Saint Peter believes in cursing in First Peter chapter three verse nine. So, um, not alone does the uh, Old Testament believe in cursing; the New Testament believes in it. And people, um, um, it, it's very, very refreshing when they find a priest who will take them seriously, mm. that they are being blocked by something um, which is, they don't know what it is, but they just know that they are blocked. I need to interject. Why do you think this is a problem in mainly Catholics? I find it in my non-Catholic friends, it's 
it's it's it's common knowledge. They can talk about it without shame, without hesitation. But for us Catholics, and right. for you and I as priests, we've been talking about this. People <coughs> think that you and I are smoking some grass. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think we are so so willingly blind to the fact that we can be I describe it as the stone rejected by the builders. It's so obvious in the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus is divided into three main areas outside of his passion, which is he spent a huge amount of time preaching, a huge amount of time to, uh, healing and delivering. Uh, Father Brian, if I could just read one, one passage from Scripture, Mark 1, verse 21 and verse 32 to 34. They went as far as Capernaum, and as soon as Sabbath came, he went to the synagogue and began to teach. There he is now preaching. That evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by demons. The whole town came crowding round the door, and he cured many who were suffering from diseases of one kind or another, and he also cast out many devils. Isn't it interesting? Just listen to this. Why did it come at sunset? The reason is it's the end of the Sabbath, and they are so oppressed, they are so sick, that they can't wait for dawn. They want to be healed and delivered that very evening. And Jesus has no problem in recognizing that there are such things as demons. Now, to get to your question, the problem is that our seminary training, I went through a top Jesuit-run seminary for uh, eight years. Um, well, not quite eight, but um, there was never a mention of anything like deliverance, healing, or cursing. Throughout my, we heard of the Hammurabi code of of laws. We heard of all these arcane things, but we didn't we didn't hear of the practical things that people are experiencing in Alexandra or Tembisa. And yet, that's the experience mm. that the people of God have, and the experience that you and I have. That's right. And at some point, most of us are oppressed with one thing. Or another. That's what uh, Pope Francis calls the smell of the sheep. Exactly. Now, I want to come to that point where, where do I start saying, Father Joseph, here I am. I am in need of a breakthrough. Yeah. And now people would even come and say, this breakthrough is not only maybe even in terms of my own personal life. Sometimes it could be a breakthrough that I need in my spiritual life. I am so stuck. I am going nowhere. I say the rosaries. I say That's the novenas. Right. I am fasting. And yet I am so full of rage. I can't even forgive. Yet I am the most dishonest person. And yet I am full of all these contradictions. And on the other hand, it's not even on a spiritual life. I know of people who come to me and say, in my career. I am not going anywhere. I have been sitting on that chair for the last 12 years and Boma Fikizolo who came behind me are passing me and we probably are even more qualified than them and they are moving through beyond me. Oh, guess what Father? I've gone to school I'm beautiful. I've got the fake hair. I get it from <laughs> Brazil and guess what? I seem to date the wrong men or the wrong women. Yeah. Yeah. I can date them, but they don't marry me. 
you know, I date them for 12 years and none of them even wants to walk with me down to the altar. And they say, I am in need of deliverance. Yeah. How do we work with that? And how should they be working? Because there's somebody who's listening who's saying, uh, I'm going back to a cold room tonight yeah. and I want to get married. And my aunt never got married and my grandmother never got married. Should that be my story? Exactly right. I mean, we meet this on um, a weekly basis, almost on a daily basis, the very cases you are um, outlining here. Um, the biggest problem we have in the whole healing and deliverance ministry is to discern what's going on. Because as in my own case, people thought it was a physical sickness. Uh, psychologists thought it was a psychological Mental. sickness. But um, Father Gabriel Amorth, who's considered the father of mod modern exorcism, he says that most of the time taken is uh, taken by trying to discern what's going on in the person. How is this person being uh, blocked? What is blocking them? Because are they blocked psychologically? Or what is going on? That, be it for an exorcism or be it for a deliverance, most of the time is actually taken in trying to discern the root and um, we can't just jump in and say, oh, it's, it's always demonic. It's all, there's always witchcraft here. We can't say that. There has to be a, a discernment with each case because there is a possibility that the root is psychological uh, or it can be a combination of, of psychological and demonic. In other words, the the demon would also be able to take over that area of the personality. So um, I think Francis McNutt put it well. There are certain uh, places where the person needs inner healing, inner healing, or the person needs deliverance from a demonic spirit, or the person needs both. But what are the signs? What are the signs? I'm giving you these experiences of yeah. I can't fall, uh, uh, my sister can't fall pregnant mm. or her young sister can't even, uh, yeah. she gets, she dates all these good guys, but they don't marry her. Yeah. What are the signs then that, or even to say our family, like I come from a family where there's a lot of conflict. Yeah. People don't get along with each other. Yeah. You don't speak to auntie so and so because your mother told you not to speak to her. Yeah. What are those signs? <coughs> um, there are a number of reasons. For example, um, uh, if you feel a very strong oppression within yourself, if you feel you are more angry, going into a rage, if you feel that, um, for example, um, fornication, just as an example, is out of control, um, if you um, see patterns, for example, a very clear pattern would be in, in the whole area of work. Um, I meet this quite a lot where people come and say, Father, my business is stuck. Um, I, uh, just when I'm about to have a breakthrough, my business collapses. I build it up again. I put twice as much effort into it. 
just when I'm about to get a breakthrough, it collapses. Now, here you would look at patterns. And you would also identify patterns within the family. Did my father have the same experience? Do my brothers have the same experience? You'll often find that um, I'll meet it where, where you have the family full of degrees. Yes. And, uh, Dateless people. That's right. And, <laughs> no and partners at all. That's right. Uh, None of you them have walked five the generations in a house without a father. No marriage. No marriage. You have certain, certain um, um, uh, girls never getting married. Oh, getting children. They get married, but no children. Yeah. And they don't have fruit of the womb. And um, what we find is you have to go back to when that was blocked. So, in other words, um, we can pray over you today. Yes. But actually, to be successful about it, we, would, may, ha we may have to go back a few generations and say, who opened the door here oh. to bring... Um, uh, not blessings into our family. Mm -hmm. And here is where you get a very, very controversial area where you have this uh, spirit uh, which is called the calling in the family. Yes. This person is called to be a spirit medium. And um, we meet them very, very regularly. And um, I've actually heard um, a couple of bishops saying, uh, this person has got a calling. My first question is, who's calling you? You're assuming it's your ancestors. You're assuming that behind your ancestors it's God. But we have found when we pray over people like that, there is always a manifestation. Always. But then is it not a witch hunt? Because then I have to go back to my family and then check that within them shangas, uh most of them ended up divorcing. Mm. Now, then we have to witch hunt and say, who did the little, who was naughty and went and consulted Umam Lambo one yeah. night? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't really use the word witch hunt. I'd say, let's discern. And uh, most of us don't know beyond our grandfather, grandmother. Uh, we don't know our family tree all that well. But what we can observe are the patterns, and the patterns can tell us, you know, what's going on. For example, if somebody uh, says, I feel a calling to, um, to uh, Ugo Twasa, um, I've dreamt about it, I get sick, and I've gone to consult, and the mediums tell me I will not get well until I submit to Ugo Twasa. Now, um, I, you can bet a million rand that that spirit is already in the family, back generations. You can bet every cent you have. But you won't find it in people whose families have not opened to that spirit. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's not a witch hunt, but it's a, it is a discernment. At six minutes before the hour five, in case you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas 576 AM. It's that station that gives you the good news and the good music.
for a change. I'm joined in studio by Father Joseph Wilson, and it's getting hot in here. <laughs> and uh, yo, 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 Father Joseph, wow. Before we go to the break, can we really break this chain? Because now there's this chain of no children or divorces in my yeah. family. There's this chain of uh, singlehood. <laughs> We've got yeah. lots of spinsters or bachelors. Absolutely. We've got people who, who can carry children. Or there's this uh, curse of uh, disunity among the family yeah. or divorce. Whatever, whatever that is. Can we really now say um, we've prayed over it? We've... Um, we fasted over it and all that kind of thing. Can it be broken? Yeah. Simple answer is he came to set the captives free. Amen. Jesus Amen. can break it. But what we tend to do in Africa and South Africa in particular is instead of going towards the light, we go further into the darkness. We go to the very people who bring us even into even deeper darkness, and we reinforce the bondage. Instead of coming to Jesus clean, letting go of the witch of Endor, letting go of Baalzebub in uh, the second book of Kings, chapter 1, um, there was this uh, king, um, Ahaziah. Uh, the second book of Kings opens very dramatically. This king is on the balcony, second floor, yes. and he falls back and he hurts himself. First thing he does is he sends his servants to go to the god of Ekron to consult, to find out if he will get well again. He doesn't go to Yahweh. He doesn't go to God, the true God. He goes to the false god. Now, that is repeated again and again and again in South Africa. We make the wrong choice. <laughs> We're going to take a break. But bef uh, as we take the break and as you go home and as you continue to do your business, the good news is Jesus can break whatever bondage you find yourself into. And uh, the thing is, are you willing to accept it? And are you willing to lift it up to God and to say, here I am, God, I need you to break these chains? It's three minutes before the hour five, and it's changing gear with myself, Father Brian, a.k.a. Ndavaningi. I'm joined in studio by Joseph Wilson. Do not touch that dial.